Welcome to the Rosenbox, where dancers go for show prep and candid chat. I'm Claire Kretschmar, and I'm Aron Sands, and we are dancers with New York City Ballet. Hi, Claire. So nice to see your face again oh, here at the pod. Oh, thank you. How's it looking today? Makeupless. At the moment. <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> I mean, that's a fact, so... Yeah, it's not showtime yet. <laughs> it's not showtime, no. And I, I keep it all natural uh-huh, uh-huh. during the day. Um, one, because I'm a little lazy. And then, two, it's good for my skin to not have let it a breathe. lot of Let face. it breathe. Yeah. Especially, anything, like, wearing a lot of makeup during shows is good to yeah. contrast. And so, if, yeah, if you haven't yeah. guessed, we are going to talk about yeah. makeup. I was going to say, anyway, why did you bring me here for uh, today, you Claire? Asked me the fir- <laughs> you said the first thing. <laughs> but we are talking about makeup, um, which is very important to what we do at the ballet because we have these intense lights on us and uh, the audience is seated far, far away, a lot of them like extremely far away, like say in the highest rank of the mm-hmm. theater. Fifth and then also we do sweat a lot and we have these really oftentimes elegant costumes on that we don't want the makeup to run on the costumes mm-hmm. that are super expensive and gorgeous. Um, and then on our like partners and things like that. So yeah, makeup is very important and it's very particular yeah. to New York City Ballet yeah. and then on ballet in general, like what yeah. we do. Yeah, I think it's ball- makeup is particular maybe for ballet, but even more particular for city ballet mm. and for each dancer and each role. So it can be it can be very specific. Yeah, why do you say it's specific to like, or we have a particular thing at New York City Ballet? Like... Well, compared to other ballet companies. From what I have seen and heard, I feel like the generic makeup looks at other ballet companies are perhaps a little more toned down. Okay. We tone it up. We Yeah. I think I think given our rep and the lights that we use mm-hmm. and the nature of the theater. Mm-hmm. And and also the nature of the essence of our beliefs and balancing some visions, the beauty for beauty, yeah, yeah, exaggerating beauty. It's a um, key component mm. to the essence of city ballet, in my opinion. So I feel like it goes hand in hand to do makeup, do it well, do it big. Dramatic lashes, contour, the whole thing. Like, there's no marking. There's no marking in there's the no dancer, and there's no marking in the makeup. Mm-hmm. And we learn how to do this makeup from like right when we get in the company. Mm-hmm. I had a makeup session. Right. I had one. Too. I had one. Okay. Too. Okay. Yeah. So we had makeup sessions um, with Carla, who used to be the makeup director or artist, and she taught us the the tricks of the trade and like the different steps, and which there are many. Mm-hmm. Uh, we start by actually, I want you to describe because you're very passionate about makeup. Thank you. Yes, I <laughs> consider myself to be. Um, I don't say a makeup connoisseur, but a makeup um, passion. Yeah, you really care. Um, so what are the steps that we have to do to make our face ready for the stage? So the usual um, average CD ballot makeup process, it will start with like a base 
um, grease kind of um, texture foundation. Mm -hmm. Then usually pancake over that, um, which is a mixture of water and uh, makeup product mm -hmm. with a specific sponge. Mm -hmm. Then powder that. Then you start going into um, eye work, mm -hmm. eyeshadow, eyebrows, eyeliner, eyelashes. Then contour just about everything from your forehead to like your um, collarbones. If you're doing oh, something um, dramatic such as Swan Lake or like yeah. something like Carnival of the Animals where they're supposed to look like skeletons. Yes. So makeup can vary like very far down to up, but mm -hmm. contouring the face for sure, lipstick, more powder on top of that. Yeah, and the powder helps to keep it all on, Yeah, right? Mm -hmm. And then also helps with sweating? It helps with the matte look oh, Okay, um, and um, solidifying all the layers under. Mm -hmm. So when you sweat, it doesn't just go away. I would say that's the average like face. Some people like to do more. Some people like to do less. Some people like to take more time and use different shades on the eyes or not. It really, it really depends on the dancer and the role that they'll be yeah. dancing. Do you think you've gotten better with time? Yes. With your makeup? Absolutely. Yeah. I, like any skill, you have to do it enough to become good yeah. at it. And, and regularly. Oh, Absolutely. And also, I think it's one of those things that makeup itself keeps evolving. So there's always more learning techniques, products, um, gadgets to use. Mm -hmm. So yeah, to aid the overall look. Yeah, to um, the to the overall look. Yeah, and then <laughs> some of a fun word that I learned since being here is uh, zhuzh, mm. which is basically a a touch up and um, I, I looked up in the Urban Dictionary actually well I just googled like uh -huh. what is Jewish because Carla who was um, again like leading the makeup department uh, up until like a few Neil, months who before we Neil talk to, mm -hmm. she was like oh yeah we'll do a quick zhuzh on your face I was like zhuzh what's that <laughs> what's a zhuzh <laughs> what's where that? do I get a and zhuzh and then me being like I want to know what this means I googled it and turns out you spell it T-S- Z U J, zhuzh, and it apparently, according to the Internet Urban Dictionary, it means to tweak, fluff, primp, improve, make fabulous. Most often in the wardrobe or fashion context, but others also apply. End mm. statement. <laughs> and um, but yeah, zhuzh is something that like a process of applying like these finishing touches mm -hmm. and just like really aiding the overall yeah. look. Um, and yeah, it's a, it's a fun moment before going on stage yeah. too. Mm -hmm. And yeah. And oh, oh, but particularly now with the mask wearing. Oh yeah. We need a lot the of, it's like 10 is, It is. Oh, <laughs> we need 10. <laughs> it's a hundred percent necessary. Yeah. Because we still have to wear the mask on before, like really right up until you go on, on stage. stage. Yeah. Yeah. So I know, yeah, how, <laughs> do you take a little kit with you? Oh, yeah. It, Ziploc bag mm -hmm. with the essentials, what which are, are essentials? a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> I take down um, my uh, base for sure, powder, uh, different brushes. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, you take a lot. Yeah, because like the contour of the nose, if you're starting oh, to sweat a lot yeah. under yeah, uh, under the mask, it might take just like just about your whole nose makeup off. 
And um, sometimes I like to not do lipstick until before because yes, with the same. mask as well, it, it mm-hmm. will get messy. Mm-hmm. And and that would be hard to judge. Yes. So just do lipstick right before you go on. I agree. Yeah. And one of the things I know we've talked about this is uh, sometimes fixing your makeup. Oh, my God. Is harder than just putting it on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like eyeliner is definitely one of those things where <laughs> when you put on eyeliner if you make an error and you your your hand just shakes a little bit mm-hmm. or your that's eye it. twitches that's it that's it it's a you're a goner and then all of a sudden you have to like figure out how to solve this problem that you created for yourself yeah that you are the um the one to blame <laughs> yes i know that's Eyeliner is one of the, my least favorite steps. <gasps> really? Yeah. What, is it one of your favorites? It is my favorite because it's the one that takes the most concentration. And that's so exactly I, why I don't like but, it. But I like it because, like, if whatever you're dancing, if it's hard, not hard, new to you, not new to you, when it's eyeliner time, I'm not thinking about no steps, no music, no nothing. It's, like, eyeliner time. It, it's, wow. it's open heart surgery. Hmm. I'm going to channel that a little more. And also, I'm just like, especially coming back from the pandemic, that I that I had taken a break from putting my stage makeup mm-hmm. on. So I decided to maybe just do things not the exact specific way I had been doing them. Um, just like, oh, let's try this with this brush. Maybe let's try this to do it like differently. I'm just like, my face is not symmetrical. No one's faces are. Your eyeliners could be cousins and not siblings or twins. So, like, you just need to be perfect. But it has to feel like, okay, I'm happy with that. I can go on the stage. Okay. Yeah. I'm learning a lot right now. (laughs) And you have also had the great joy of wearing many... Mm, Many faces. Many faces. (laughs) Of having many faces. Could you describe some of your favorite looks or most interesting looks Mm -hmm. from the different ballets that you've Mm -hmm. gotten to be a part of? So, um, thankfully, I've been honored enough to play some really cool character roles in um, a rep, such as Catalibut in Sleeping Beauty, which, based on the nature of the Sleeping Beauty story... Um, you start in a time period, but then you are asleep for a while, and towards the end, you wake up. The whole kingdom wakes up, and it's a completely different era. Mm-hmm. Years have gone by. So your makeup evolves with it as well. And I thought that was always a fun part to tell the story as many makeups do tell the story of the evolution of time through makeup. But others such as the uh, Burgomaster. The Burgomaster, yeah. And, mm-hmm. and Coppelia. Mm-hmm. Uh, that involves prosthetics as mm-hmm. well as wig and um, fat suit. The Burgermeister is like a mayor. He's like a mayor. A He's mayor like the figure. mayor of the town. Okay. And he, he, yeah, he has this big nose, round. And I mean, noses are so specific to create the shape of a face that just changing your nose is like huge difference. You look like completely someone mm-hmm. else. Also in Harley Kunad, I wear this very long nose that I can like if I look down I can see my chin from how long it is and that was pretty fun too it's like it just transforming really that's what the makeup helps the most is transforming and making you the role now tell me about your makeup Claire how much time do you take 
Where does it happen? I feel like this is the tale of two cities, and you are one <laughs> city that like does a million beautiful things, and then I'm the city that has a different story. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put it that way. Um, so, makeup is not my area of expertise, um, but I've learned a lot since being here. That is what I'll say. Carla taught me a lot because um, for most of my time here, I was getting advice from her, going mm -hmm. to her for help. I like the ritual of it mm -hmm. and how, for me, it's a moment where I kind of do the very similar things each time and it just grounds me mm -hmm. during the hours before the show. But I really like to go to the makeup artist and have like him or her do my like the put the finishing zhuzh touches mm -hmm, on mm -hmm. my makeup because I feel more confident when I know that someone else is helping me to look a my professional. best. Exactly. I was an, an great expert. Yeah. A professional. So anyway. also there it's very glamorous to get your makeup done. It is very glamorous to get makeup done. And maybe that's an underlying reason why I yeah, like it. Yeah, it is very glamorous. Yes. Yeah, and then to go from like my my normal day, which is pretty much nothing except maybe a lip color mm -hmm. or a mascara every mm -hmm. now and then, to yeah the the glamour of stage makeup. It is so fun. It is. It's very fun. I yeah. enjoy it. And we're excited to have Neil here today. Neil is our makeup artist, stylist here in New York City Ballet. All right, we have here with us Neil Shabelli. Hey. And um, he's our makeup artist. Is that your yeah. preference? Yeah, it says makeup stylist in the Playbill, oh, but okay, I, right. I'll take makeup artist. Yeah, I yeah. mean, you are an artist. An artist, absolutely. Definitely. So um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Where did you grow up? And then when did you start getting interested in makeup? Yeah, um, well, thank you guys for having me on this. This is, this is a, an honor to be part of. I grew up in New York City, born and raised. My parents originally were born in Italy and uh, came here and actually met here. Um, and I grew up in Queens in a smaller town, like closer to Long Island, and um, grew up alongside my grandfather, who was an oil painter. And like babysitting time was literally like my mom dropping me and my grandparents and my grandfather having an art studio of a bunch of oil paints and canvases. and. I was like four and five just spending time mm -hmm. in that room so much. And I, I really give him credit when I think about like where my career has gone because I spent so much time around art with him and he loved the opera and we came here to Lincoln Center to see operas. So um, grew up around art and then um, soon after uh, got into music as well and went to performing arts high school in Manhattan, in, in here in the city. And uh, went to Frank Sinatra School for the Arts, which was founded by Tony Bennett. And um, I've been lucky enough to have Tony and his wife, Susan Benedetto, be like great mentors of mine and just show me what it was like to just truly live as an artist and, and own your craft and really be in it for the art and not for anything else, because um, that's what they really are. Um, that's what like their mission was in creating that school that I went to. So I always try to follow that philosophy. And by my senior year of high school, I got into the makeup end of doing the makeup for the shows. So my friends would be like, can Neil do my makeup for the show tonight? Or like if I wasn't in that specific show, I was backstage doing the makeup for my friends. And it became 
a joy and a passion of mine that I discovered aside from music at that time. And there's something really therapeutic and expressive about makeup and something about the transformation and the feeling that you can give someone else while you're doing their makeup was just such a pleasure for me and such a joy that um, by my senior year, I was like, okay, I want to do this. Like, I, I, I wanted to work at Sephora. Like, that was the first thing that I knew of it then. I didn't work at Sephora. But me and my friends by senior year would just go and hang out in Sephora and have a ball. And I was such a nerd, and I would read the ingredient labels and see why things would work and, like, what's in this skincare that would help your pores and look at this contouring and look at this makeup. And so it, it, was, it was something I really just fell in love with early on. And um, I also credit makeup artist Kevin O'Quan, who had a great book that is still out called Making Faces. And I discovered that book in my high school years and grabbed it and studied his um, his techniques. And that really went deep into like contouring and the facial shape and um, how to do eye makeup and and brows and how the brows shape the face. So yeah, long story short, I uh, I started working in the makeup industry by my first year of college. I went to Marymount Manhattan and at the same time worked part-time as a makeup artist for different brands. So then, because I grew up like in the earlier 2000s, the the goal and like trajectory was like you would assist a celebrity makeup artist growing up. Um, and there were not very many of them that are, you know, now like it's such like a thing and it's like so prominent and more spoken about. But back then it was very much like a few agencies with very big makeup artists and your dream would be to assist a celebrity makeup artist. So I started assisting um, celebrity makeup artists from agencies while I was in college and I learned so much and I got to do some amazing things like even just as an assistant from like the Met Gala to huge recording artists, music videos, and then just from there developed my own client base and I stuck in the field and just followed that same path, which turned out to be one for myself and um, have been working with different companies and clients ever since and have been really enjoyed touching people's lives through the art of makeup, um, which has been really really enjoyable and fascinating. And, and it found me here at New York City Ballet. <laughs> that was supposed to be a long story short, but it was pretty long. <laughs> yeah, you I tried all the necessary. We needed to, it. Yeah, yeah so d you never went to school specifically for makeup or so, trained in that way. Yeah, I trained with brands early on. Like at 18, I worked for, I, I, I actually ended up working with Kevin O'Quan's company, okay. um, which was really cool. So there were training trainings through that company. I worked for Yves Saint Laurent's makeup company. So it was like YSL Makeup, which was really big at that time as well. And they had like a global education program that I also followed. Um, I worked with like Laura Mercier's makeup company. And Laura Mercier at the time was really one of the main makeup artists that did like the Sex and the City series. Laura Mercier built like a huge, obviously, name for herself with products now. Um, but at the time... Um, was more involved with like hiring makeup artists and working together like as a, you know, um, as a team. So I, I learned so much from all of that. And a lot of it was also working as an assistant to these other celebrity makeup artists where they were 
I was hands-on looking at how they were doing the makeup and facilitating that experience with them. Um, so I guess in a way it was like a bit of both, but there was no official like I graduated from. Yeah, that's right. kind of what I was curious about because I just don't know these things. And um, yeah, but it sounds like like the work and the training went hand in hand. Yeah. Yes, it really did. And I, I mean, it's ever evolving. I'm still learning mm-hmm. so much like from anyone that I work with, really. But the coolest thing is that you are always working on someone different. So you're always learning about like the brow shape is going to be different on this person. And if you just extend it this way, it's going to match, you know, their their eye shape better or, you know, like so there are so many different ways to continue to learn from having someone new in your chair all the time, which applies to here, too, because I've had so many amazing dancers in my chair and for so many different characters that it's it's been so fun and so different for like each person mm-hmm. and for us at New York City Ballet too like additionally we have to be seen from a, a great distance away so it's a little different from maybe an up close shot like photo shoot or video mm-hmm. shoot and I'm, I'm curious is this your first time working for theater like or either a theater in general or a specific theater troupe Great question. So this would be my first time working together with an organization that's reoccurring with so many people that are part of it at once. But there have been a lot of similarities that I can, like, compare it to. And that's, like, I've done makeup for runway shows that have had big stages and big lighting that we go over with the designer, like, this needs to be bigger, or, like, the blush isn't going to be showing because the lights are so bright. So there are stage aspects that I've, like, taken from those things. Um, And then in regards to dancers, I've gotten to do some really fun work with Beyonce's backup dancers. So that's, like, the most comparison to working with, like, performers. So, you know, there's, like, a sweat factor. There's a long wear makeup factor. And then there's, like, the big stage factor. Mm -hmm. So, like, uh, with Beyonce's Dancers for Good Morning America, like, we knew that was going to be a huge stage. It was, like, over 50,000 people in uh, Central Park. Big stage, big lighting. So there were, um, there are comparisons, but this is my first sort of stationed Mm -hmm. um, role where I'm working with, you know, a big cast or a big company of dancers that that are, you know, in here and I'm in here like you know day in and day out and that's been really different and really exciting and and that's why I, I wanted to be up for the bit of a challenge it wasn't a big challenge I don't feel like it was like a crazy <laughs> challenge though yeah it was yeah. new it yeah was the new, new experience yeah, yeah I was up for the new mm-hmm. experience yeah, and speaking of City Ballet how did you come about um, or how did you hear about this position because we talked um, about before Carla our former makeup artist here retired from City Ballet, and you have started um, recently. How did it all happen? So funny enough, Carla and I have been like fans of each other's just through social media. And Carla actually reached out to me and and asked if I'd be interested in in the position. That's like the most truest way that mm-hmm. that this actually happened and I think that happens in a lot of hair and makeup departments with um, productions and companies and things like that you just think of references and and who you would you know think is a good fit for the role the longer story is that Carla 
reached out to me a little before the position, before she resigned from the position fully, and was like, we're doing a a fashion gala, and I think you'd be really great with, like, coming on board to do the makeup for this. It's like Fashion Week meets the ballet, um, and we need an additional makeup artist. And I was like, that sounds incredible. I would love to be on board. Plus, it, like, just felt like the pieces of my upbringing with, like, being involved in, in theater and the arts and music and my huge respect for ballet and ballet dancers and as someone who goes and watches, like, from mm-hmm. before, I was like, I would love to come on board for that. So I did two days on that and then had, a, you know, a great experience. And then she called me at the top of November and was like, look, you're the first person I'm asking. And I still came in and interviewed, I think, twice and presented like my portfolio and things like that. So, but she just was like, I, you know, would you be interested in even, you know, this considering? The, yeah, would you? Right. And I was like, absolutely. Like, this would be incredible. And I would love to be part of the work here, the legacy, the, the, the talent. I mean, you guys are incredible. Like, what you do is unreal. So, I said yes on the phone, like instantly. We didn't even talk details. I was just like, absolutely. And um, came in, interview went great, apparently, and then uh, started um, by my second interview. They were like, well, Nutcracker starts in a week, (laughs) so can you be here? And I was like, yes. And Neil, I remember being in your chair, like, for the fall fashion gala, getting my makeup done for the new Andrew Miller piece. Yes. And, yeah, I just had a great great time, like, just sitting in your chair. I got really, like... I felt really at peace before the show, but also really beautiful. Uh, I remember you gave me a dewy. You went with a dewy, mm. some kind of a dewy look. Yes. Because we were, there was a specific yes. look for this piece. Right. And um, you were also trying to color coordinate it with my costume, but not in a, a match match obvious the eyes. Way. Yeah, not in an obvious way. So I, I appreciated that it was very thoughtful the way that you were thinking about how my I was I'm thinking like about my eye color how my eyeshadow mm. would complement but not match the colorful costume that I was about to wear and actually yeah. two two different costumes yes so, I remember that um yeah yeah I was there with you probably yep. on your first day a hundred percent that's so funny you mentioned that because I was thinking about you guys on my way over and I was like Claire was literally I think the first dancer that I got to do makeup for and it was for the gala and Aron just rolled his eyes how dare he (laughs) we just had a moment like it was I feel like we both were very centered Mm -hmm. in our moment and I just got from Claire instantly that and this ties in with also with being an being an artist working with artists is I knew where you were at in that mm. chair and where you understood yeah. the assignment. Yes. I knew, mm. you know, this was someone that was about to step on stage and give a huge performance and is focused and is preparing. And I am here to facilitate that and do the work. And we just had such a great first meet. Like we did. We just yeah. hit it off and had a great makeup session. And then it was like, great, like I hope to see you again. Like and I'll see you tomorrow. And then and now I'm lucky that Claire comes and visits me I was all the time say, for makeup. I was going to say, it seems like um, that was the first of many. <laughs> yes, and, and I love a it. regular I, now. <laughs> I frequent the makeup yes. chair, and um, in talking to Aron a little earlier, I didn't realize that not everyone 
goes to the makeup chair for every performance. <laughs> well, actually, I think was the one that I didn't realize that people do. Oh. That is or like, like that a very you can. that you can. Yeah. yeah, that is a very common thing. I think okay. it might be a little more um, uh, common for ballerinas. Yeah, I think because they yeah, require perhaps. more makeup mm-hmm. to get a little more zhuzh yeah. before. But I, yeah, I, I wasn't aware that like that's Which my is, routine. Yeah, it's yeah. like I because I know that I'm not the greatest at makeup, but I mean I certainly try. But there, it like it's a double win for me. It's I get someone who is really experienced and talented oh. to make my face look like better for the stage, and then I get that experience of talking to someone or just being with someone, and like cultivating that deep inner peace Aww. before going out on stage because. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. We all like as performers, and you know because you've been doing music your whole life, um, which we can talk about that later too. But yeah, you know what it's like to be a performer, and to those those moments before are very important mm-hmm. to, um, if not the success of your show, the um, just the, the the peace and confidence that you have. Before. Yeah, and Enduring. I think the confidence is a really good um, way to put it. Mm-hmm. it. It gives you that security that, like, okay, I look ready, so I feel ready, or at yes. least it helps. Totally, yeah, because and ultimately, when we go on the stage, like, we're not seeing ourselves, mm-hmm. so we have to trust that whatever we are giving looks, looks the good. best. Right. Yeah, it looks as good as we can. So mm-hmm. if I know that I had someone who is the best at makeup. Doing or doing my finishing mm-hmm. my face, I should say. Um, then I have like one one component is Aww. like a check. Check up, right. it's already a check. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, a, so yeah that's, that's a really good way to put it. Yeah, that's like that's why it's a double win. I go Aww. all the time, and that makes it just so much more worth it for me too to just know that and hear that and like it's it's what we strive to do and like. That just means so much when when people you know say that. So thank you, mm-hmm. Claire. Yeah, it's yeah. true. So I'm guessing it's very different, or just different, to work or do um, makeup for performing artists that are about to go on the stage than perhaps um, a client that you could have that for like a red carpet, a red or... carpet, or a model who is about to do a photo shoot who doesn't have that like live performance aspect coming up. Can you tell us a little bit what like what's like to navigate like who is sitting in front of you, the energy they might be bringing, or even the timeline you have before that person Ooh, needs timeline, to be like, yeah. I need to get off the chair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great question. So I, I always say off the bat, I always meet the client where they are. So it does range a little, but it almost doesn't because everyone that's in my chair usually is preparing to do something. Mm-hmm. And if that's like, making sure that they're ready to walk this huge red carpet with tons of photographers, they're still a little bit in, like, a zone of, like, okay, I've got to get the dress on and then the shoes and then, like, okay. It's a little bit of a production Mm -hmm. still. So there is always this factor of, like, focus and getting readiness, like, in, in, Mm -hmm. in the chair. But I always say I meet the person where they are. I meet the client where they are. So... Some days, like let's say, like a celebrity client is super chatty that morning, and then 
I'll be super chatty with them because they want to chat and mm -hmm. I'm up for the chat. But if they've had a really long day the day before with me even, like of press or whatever, and then like I'm seeing them the next morning at 6 a.m., they may not be up for that same chat that we were mm -hmm. having yesterday because they may be really tired from the day before and I'm going to meet them there. And we're going to say, okay, today is like a chill day. We're going to get the makeup done and it may not be a chatty day. But it's it's just sort of meeting them like where they're where they're at. And and I've taken that here. I feel like I even know when Claire is like in a, you know, in a, I feel like you're very zen always anyway. But like, wow. yeah. yeah <laughs> right. It's like, Because uh. you haven't been in rehearsal with her. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I analyze a lot of things. <laughs> well, like, you know, like if I know you're in my chair and it's like you have, you know, four T's that night or you're doing the peck piece, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes you'll be in like a zone and I'm like, Claire's in her zone. I am doing her mm -hmm. brow and mm -hmm. we are in the zone. <laughs> and that's just like, that's just really it. Or maybe there's one day that you're like, oh my God, I had the best breakfast today. I'm like, so did I. What did you have? <laughs> so it's like you, you kind of just yeah. you go with the flow. But um, timing is really interesting that you brought up because um, one of the first things that Nutcracker reminded me of was like the timing of Fashion Week a little bit during Quick Changes. So there's like a quick change for Mother Ginger that happens like between intermission if the dancer is other parts and then also Mother Ginger. So it's really timed. And I feel that like my background served me well in, the, in this like situation where um, sometimes the dancers have 15 minutes to do makeup with me. Um, sometimes there's maybe 10 minutes before the show starts and then, you know, this is your 10 minute call. And then they're just wrapping up Drosselmeyer makeup, mm -hmm. you know, for top of show. So um, there there is this sense of like having to know how to work under a specific time frame in order to not make the dancer feel pressured or stressed to achieve the makeup look mm -hmm. and then just give everybody time to get where they need to be. Right. Um, so timing is always is essential. Always important. Yeah. yeah. For those who are listening who might not be familiar with the Mother Ginger role in Nutcracker, it is basically one of our male dancers in drag makeup to um, give the image of a mother. Mother Ginger. Long story short, it's a lot of makeup to do in such a short amount of time. Yeah, it's bigger than life kind of thing. It's it's like big and bold and um, accentuated. And it's also very specific. There were some technical things about that makeup that was really interesting. Yeah. What was a technical thing? So to... um, Mother Ginger's on stilts, right? So mm -hmm. it's, are they, I don't know how many feet they are, six feet stilts or they're, they're, Mother Ginger's on stilts. Mm -hmm. So um, that means that she's closer to the lights on the top of the stage. Mm -hmm. And that means that her makeup is going to be even more overexposed because you're higher up to the lights. Interesting. And yeah. And interestingly enough, every single dancer that has played Mother Ginger needs to be turned a little bit warmer and even like on the orangier side. Mm -hmm to actually give the tone of like a flesh tone to their skin because that light makes them like a little blue and a little white. Whoa. So it's so interesting how even my first day or first week doing that makeup, I would go out in the wings and watch it. And I'm like, wow, this person is still like pretty pale. This is really interesting, mm -hmm. like being up that high to the lights. So um, we make the base a little bit orangier and just like 
warmer and a little bit darker and everything is bolder on that makeup. The contour is stronger. The, I mean, we create a whole different eye shape and mm-hmm. we block the brows mm-hmm. um, to, to have more space. So we make the brows disappear and literally create an eyelid out of the whole like eye and above it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and forehead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically the whole forehead, yeah. So currently we've been preparing for the prodigal son, which is a part of our like short stories program. Yes. And that has a lot of rigorous makeup and hair needs. So yeah, as we're recording this podcast, that's what we're gearing up for. Could you tell us some of the things that you've been working on and and when did you start preparing them? Because I know that something like this takes takes time. Yeah. So with Prodigal, um, you know, since the show dresses these underground ghouls that are uh, bald and have, you know, underground gritty sort of makeup, I was actually told about Prodigal Son in my interview here. That's how early on I think, you know, the company prepares for it. And we spoke about like bald cap application and like the timing that we'll need to prepare for it. Um, so we, I started the orders for the makeup during Nutcracker for Prodigal, which was, I would say, early December, and then Prodigal goes in February. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's a pretty you know decent time of you know time window. So as soon as Nutcracker closed, everything got shipped here that we needed for it. And we have like prep weeks before the season opens. So I started the prodigal bald caps and like the makeup prep the top of January. So like the very like the end of the first week or, you know, right after New Year's, uh, we started prepping. So it's it's about 40 bald caps because each dancer that's in it gets four caps because they'll never wear the same bald cap more than once. Yeah, and there's only three performances of Prodigal, so uh-huh. it'll only go. They get, like, four because there's, like, one backup just in case, yes. like, it breaks or something. But um, it's been super interesting to to work on, on the makeup for this show because it's sort of, like, unlike anything that I've actually done in the past. And it, it, it's, it was really creative. And while I just sat there during prep week, like, painting the bald caps, I was like, this is... This is I'm just creating art. Like this is the most creative, one of the most creative things I've ever done. And um, in preparing for that, we order the bald caps, which are clear almost, and then I match the base color of the bald cap to each dancer's skin tone. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's you know looking at that and and painting that first, and then about like three different colors go onto the bald cap with a steeple sponge which gives it like this like gritty dot dotted look which kind of looks like dirt from Mm -hmm. underground and then it gets like streaks of different colors and then it dries and then you set it with like a powder so there's a whole process about creating the bald caps for it and then the makeup itself is really cool and it's like a smoky dark eye and there's a lot of contour with it and I'm excited to to do it because I've heard so much about it since <laughs> I started here that I'm excited to to get everyone rolling with in you know in it. So for something like this, will you see every man who plays a goon? Will he, like he come to your chair to get makeup done so that it's right, or will you just guide them because they have to have these like sunken eyes yes. and 
Yeah, like Aron was telling me, nude, a nude lip. Yeah, it's yeah. Like something a flesh like that. Tone so, flesh tone so it almost yeah. looks nude. Mm-hmm. Um, so and pretty dead. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, so there are two components to Prodigal. There's the bald cap application, which we will do every single goon for. Um, so every male that's in the show will come to us about two hours, or like an hour and a half before their the show time. And we will apply the bald cap for them. So that includes like the adhesive, the glue, um, a stocking cap for your hair so that it's flat and that, you know, everything is smooth and attached. And then the second component is the makeup. So I've created a, because I love this kind of stuff, um, a little bit of a face chart for the guy. So Mm. there's like a tutorial where I I drew um, like a face chart of the prodigal makeup so you could see the smoky eye, the sunken eyes, and there's steps on that same chart that describe like step one, like for your eyes, you know, the liner, step two, the lip, step three. So there's a little bit of like a a grid for it that that I've like created a little packet for, Mm -hmm. for the dancers. And in that packet is also the actual makeup and the brushes for the show. Once they do the makeup with their bald cap on, then they'll come back to the makeup room and then I'll go over anything that that needs to be touched up or that they've done on the makeup mm-hmm. end and then sort of blend it into the neck so that the bald cap looks seamless and then it's showtime. And will you be seeing a visit from Aron Sands Madrid? You sure will. Yeah, you'll because be Because he's going to be the father? Yes, so that that um gets I think some body makeup. And you'll get a long wig for that mm-hmm. one. Which... He gets facial hair yeah. and eyebrows and yes. old looking we will be, process. We will be aging you. So we'll be doing some aging makeup and mm-hmm. getting you uh, just a little older. Yeah, which I'm very excited <laughs> for. I love yeah. transforming. You do. I'll and run. I love seeing the trans- <laughs> like experiencing the transformation. Yeah. I do too. I mean, that's just like the best part of it. And when you're done and like you're still in the makeup chair, you kind of just look at it and you're like, oh my gosh, like you're done. Who is this? Yeah, like we did it. Yeah, Yeah. especially with something like that where you really do look different. Yeah, the difference. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just, I think like is rewarding on mine, but it also probably makes you just feel that much more ready to go in the role, like in the part. Well, I think for anything, Anything you're dancing, uh, makeup is an essential component to get you into the part, regardless of what part you're doing. But for something that is acting-based, I think it's even more essential to right. feel like you are feeling and looking the part. And you've, like, become that You have become character. the character. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And sometimes it takes, like... A little more contour, and sometimes it, ta- sometime it takes a wig, eyebrows, yes. facial hair, nails, whatever it takes. Yeah, yeah, it's cool, yeah. and then um, yeah, it serves the over. Ultimately, it all serves the overall purpose of making this this piece of art, like as a whole, mm-hmm. the production to bring the ballet alive. Yes, yeah. which is the story, which is which is what that program is. It's mm-hmm. short stories. Yeah, and like. I was talking with Aron a bit, and he pointed out that the the goons, like these ghouls, they are, like you were saying, it's an expression of greed Mm -hmm. because they have, like, it's all the gross, like... The eyes are sunken in and dark, and the cheeks are sallow. Yeah, they seem like they have been, like, eating alive by their greed and their actions. Yeah. Yeah. 
in their and makeup. it's so effective from yeah. the front mm-hmm. to tell the story of like why are they like that. Um, their actions, their purpose in the mm-hmm. ballet as well. Yeah. And then someone like the father who is supposed to like welcome the prodigal son like back home, the makeup has to be not only old, but just like there has to be something very like peaceful, mm-hmm. I would think, about the makeup too. Well, he, I think to me, he represents wisdom mm. and knowledge. And I think there's nothing that gives you that. Um, other than time. Yeah. And he has to look like he's been around for a long time. He's lived. He knows. He knows better. That's the other point. He has to look like he knows better than his own son. And that, you know, he's teaching him a lesson and he decides to go on his own and learn it his way. But Mm -hmm. then he comes home and regardless of what has happened between them, the father always knows better and will take him in. Mm. And like, like for reals, the the makeup and the look mm-hmm. really, like, I'm not gonna say it's half of the job because you still have to go out there and do it right <laughs> and do it on the music. <laughs> but like, it does it does it a lot. No, it, really it does a lot. Yeah. And I think that's really powerful, um, in the sense of what makeup does. It, mm-hmm. I think you just kind of like summed up like what the purpose of makeup, makeup can be. Yeah. A lot of times is like. It's telling a story. And even if it's just beauty makeup, it's it's telling a story of empowerment and confidence. Mm-hmm. If it's old age makeup, it's telling the story of that specific ballet or that show. Mm-hmm. And like it's just so fascinating how like adding these parts together, which has been really not new for me coming here, but that's been like a, an ongoing theme here is like the makeup is part of this story and this show. And it's a piece of this puzzle that, like, happens together. So that's been really interesting um, as, like, a collaboration. Um, it really is. The, I really aspect. feel and think New York City Ballet shows are, um, a, yeah, a, a collaboration of mm-hmm. artists in many different realms that put a show together. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. each each one is an absolutely necessary component of it. Mm-hmm. A hundred percent. No, the work is amazing. It's and art. even it's seeing art. the um, the fashion gala reminded that was something that reminded me a lot of like coming from like my field was like, oh, like you're collaborating with designers and it's like the makeup, the design, the costumes, like it all goes hand in hand. So it's all like everybody's kind of just bringing their idea forward and like bringing what they can forward and and um and then sharing this like finished result, mm-hmm. this story. Do you have any favorite looks so far? From from here? Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, because I have only been here for a few months, Nutcracker was a big show, and I feel like one of my favorite makeup looks is actually coffee. Mm. Yes, me too. Yeah, that was one of my favorite ones to do because of this, like, really sort of, like, this sultry, slightly smoky eye that just brings the the attitude a little bit to the character. It, it we have a little more fun with the eye and like it wings out a bit and um sometimes it's like more of a gold tone so it's like it it plays off of the costume and like the jewel tones in it. Mm-hmm. Um I love the makeup for coffee. I think it's so beautiful. I feel like Mother Ginger will always be you know, a special one for me because it's one of the first looks that I learned here and 
it's also when you do it in that 15 minutes and then she's on that stage, it's like you just feel so like Mm -hmm. you're done. You you Mm -hmm. did it. And uh, doing the makeup for it actually pressed my skills a little bit, too, I think. Like it really it kind of helped me to to up my game a little because the makeup is, like I said, larger than life. And Mm -hmm. it really, you know, between the larger than life and the timing and all of that, it really helped to um, kind of enhance and push my skills a bit forward. And I've just loved, I've loved doing all of the makeup with all of you guys. Like, I, I love the, like, a natural day where someone comes in for, like, a bigger eye line or um, a cleaner base if they want help with contour. Um, so that's been super fun. Well, thank you so much of for course. coming on the podcast. Thank you guys for having me. This has been awesome. So I'm fun. so happy to, to I'm be so on excited to get you. on the chair. Yes, come visit. <laughs> yeah, come Please visit. do. Literally, like, tonight. Come visit anytime. Will do. Like my first week, they're like, oh, I just need a new pancake. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, will that be chocolate chip <laughs> or regular? Is there a Does anyone else use pancake? Like, is it used just for like theater? Like, is it only ballet? Is it just ballet? Sponge, water, pancake. Yeah. You know what I mean? Never. Like, I haven't seen yeah. that anywhere else. So. I have not either. We're not the only people that are sweating in these shows and right. productions that are being In the put world. On. We're not yeah, the we're only not. sweaty people <laughs> out there. We're not the only sweaty people. You're like, so why so aren't more why? people yeah. using pancakes? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>